Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Fancy File Podcast. I am your host, Greg the Scott, and I have for you today a very uh, excellent group of co-hosts, co-panelists, co-friends that will help me uh, dig out the truths of the scriptures. So I have with me uh, Mick, once again, the marvelous Mick. How are you today? Uh, doing wonderful. Good. This good. is the season of my life. You look wonderful. Thank you. You still rejoicing? Yes, Good. very much so. Excellent. We have to. Yes, I like that. And we also have Melanie, uh, who was away for a few podcasts, uh, but we welcome her back. and it feels so good. How are you doing, Mel? I'm good. Happy to be back after so long. It feels like it's been a year. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Dad. In, yeah, put in the New Year's joke. Uh, as the the timing of this recording, we're actually this is our first recording in the actual 2023. So I'd say Happy New Year, but I think we've already had a few podcasts. So by the time you end up getting this podcast, uh, it's going to be like uh, maybe March or February or something. Who knows? Maybe Mick knows. Mick doesn't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have a lot to discuss today. As we're going to pull out the uh, open the fancy file drawer. Uh, and continue in a series that we've been doing uh, in Revelation. But before we do that, there's a few things that I think we want to just share. Uh, Mick, why don't you tell the listening audience where that they can listen to this podcast? Well, you could check it out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. I think that's it. We There's like other places, but no one uses them Are so you, if you're one of the others good on you but yeah are you currently searching out new places to place the podcast yes good been investigating into bus stops <laughs> what uh the city said no oh, okay so i, I guess, didn't know that you could play a podcast from a bus stop well they said we have no speakers and I was like, that seems like a you problem. I'm ready to give you a free podcast you need to fix this. for your bus, bus booths yeah. in uh, a non-Christian province. And yet that would probably not uh, at all help most of the listening audience since they don't live in this area, nor take our buses. No, no at all. So even if they do live here, they may not ride the bus since they probably drive cars. And if they do live here, they might complain that we would be playing an English podcast over speakers in a public place in a french province, in a french province. <laughs> we are a very interesting group of people actually what at least well you're french melanie's french but i mean you guys your english is perfect i'm english and here we are doing an english podcast in a french province who would have yeah, thunk yeah i don't know if that would have gone well no probably not now that you say it but here we are here we are we should try that one day we'll just like leave a phone in a bus booth press play <laughs> You know, and then see how people respond to hearing our voices. Wow. What do you think? The question is, which bus booth would we choose? All of them. Oh, yeah, all of them. <laughs> all of them? RTL. Oh, my God. STM. Wow. Whatever is in Laval. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whatever's there. Okay. Okay. Let's do Excellent. it. Excellent. Uh, listening audience, like and subscribe on Facebook. I, I don't think we're anywhere else. We might be on Instagram, but Instagram. Do we? 
Sometimes. Does, does anyone post on Instagram? Sometimes I, know, I do. I don't post. On I was going to post last time, and then the video format was wasn't good. Wasn't working, so I just gave up. So we have. I, I would encourage everybody just fancy files uh, on Facebook. Try to find it or the Christian service, and then just give us a like uh, and hit the notification button as well, so that you'll receive the notifications that you need to know that what we're doing and. Uh, we keep saying this. If you have any questions or comments, would like to reach out, uh, give us a shout out. Please feel free to do. We, we'd love to interact with the listening audience. And you will hopefully get a quick and prompt response. Oh, you will. Either from me or from Mick. Yeah, I've been waiting. I'm on standby just to answer questions. Like his job is to sit there and wait. <laughs> yeah. And he's been waiting forever, people. Where are you? It hasn't been super profitable for the ministry, but it's been pretty good for me. Profitable for you. Yeah. Volunteer hours. Good. Everyone is very impressed with this. Thank Excellent. You. Okay. So we're going to dive into the scriptures. Enough of that banter. Uh, we've been reading uh, through Revelation, the seven churches. We've been going through the, the message to the church in Smyrna, the persecuted church. I'm going to have Mick read uh, Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. If you could do that for us. Yes. Tell us what translation you're reading from for those that might want to follow along on their phones. Exactly. Uh, New King James. Good man. Yes. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit says to the churches, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Thank you very much, sir. Okay, so in our last podcast, we were in verse 9, and we were talking about a topic that can be unpopular depending where you live. If this podcast goes into every country around the world and was listened by many Christians, I would say the vast majority of Christians in many countries would not have an issue with what is being taught here because persecution is a reality in their life. Many churches today are suffering from persecution. Christians are suffering. Uh, so that is a part of their experience. Now, for Christians in North America or maybe even Western countries, it's not necessarily something that's experienced. Yes, Christians do experience hardships in North America. We don't want to minimize that and say that doesn't happen. However, there is some teaching within the church that has gotten a hold of some some Christians where persecution uh, is not a part, part of their daily uh, experience or theology. Uh, some will teach that if you have the right profession of faith or confession, I should say, that you will never experience persecution. Some have even have gone as far as to have said that 
if they would have had their confession. And I don't know who this is, by the way. I've I've heard preachers talking about this, so I don't know. I mean, maybe I have heard someone say it, but I don't. At least I don't remember. But they did say if they would have had this profession or confession like I did, the Apostle Paul would not have suffered the way he did. And so that kind of a bit limits uh, the sovereignty of God, where God is kind of bound by what we say. And that's, I believe that's erroneous. There is a reason and purposes to suffering. It's not something that just happens randomly. And for the church in the West, I believe this is something we need to wake up to, that we will suffer as Christians. Now, this does not mean that we're going to have people showing up at our door with bombs and blowing up our churches and people coming in with guns and killing us every Sunday. This has happened. But for the most part, not on the same scale as some countries uh, around the world. To ignore this is to ignore a lot of teaching in the Word of God. And I believe it does a disservice to Christians who, when trouble comes, whether it is persecution or just hardship, are unprepared to deal with it. Now, having said that, when hardship comes, honestly, can anyone say they're 100% ready? Right? Whatever it is, hardships hurt. We don't want hardships. We want to be comfortable. So even if we have a correct theology, we believe this, when it comes, it still hurts. I want to make sure I say that because I don't want Christians to feel guilty. Well, Greg, you know, I do believe this, yet when bad things happen, I find myself unprepared. I'm still hurting. Maybe even questions you have to to the Lord about it. Does that mean I'm a bad Christian? The answer is no. You are human. You're fallen. You're, we're weak humanity. We, some of us, we just, it's harder to handle harder th- uh, hard situations compared to others. Well, I think if we, um, a good comparison. So here in Quebec, we have snowy roads during the winter um, and then some. And the idea, I think, that you know, car crashes or car accidents aren't, for the most part, aren't that preventable. Like if it's going to happen and you're going to lose control of your car, you're, you're going to lose control and that's that. But when you're in your car, as you're losing control, if you're staying calm and you're doing the right things to soften, I guess, the impact of what and, you know, slowly direct your car, you know, then, yeah, you haven't prevented it, but it's not as bad as it could have been. And I think when it comes to suffering, when uh, we try to 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 walk the, the narrow path, right? We try to 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 live without like indulging in sin, without, you know, especially sin that we know we shouldn't be doing. It allows us and, you know, if especially if we have like a strong prayer life and a strong, I guess, devotional life, it allows us to soften the blow of things that potentially aren't preventable, but um, definitely changes how we perceive the whole uh, situation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Okay. So in our last podcast, we started to share some reasons why we might go through 
suffering or persecution or storms. And I do want to say before we dive in again that we don't know all the reasons, nor do we know the reasons why if you're going through a persecution, this that's the reason. We don't know. We want to be very careful when addressing this, that those who are going through something, we don't want to put you in a place where you're like, oh, I'm going through this because of this reason. You know, sometimes you'll hear some believers will say, oh, someone got sick or you're sick. It's because of lack of faith. And I mean, there is occasions in scripture where the Lord does rebuke some of his disciples because of lack of faith. But that does not mean that if you're sick, it's your fault. Or, I mean, we could dive in deeper with that, but I don't want to just go, go down that road. But still, we don't know the reasons why someone is sick. We're in a fallen world, right? So, you know, the Lord said that we're going to suffer. I read this verse in the last podcast. I'll read it again, 2 Timothy 3.12. It says, yes, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So we know right off the bat, you want to live a godly Christian life, there's going to be hardships. Okay, now why does the Lord allow it? And we talked about in the last podcast how it could be for discipline. Uh, it could be preventative, like Paul's thorn in the flesh. Uh, it can help to learn obedience, as we read in Hebrews 5 and 8. Now, now I want to go into uh, another one, uh, the fourth one. And by the way, th this list is not like in a row that we found this in order in Scripture. This is just, you know, in, in our studies, this is some of the things we've seen uh, and come across. Uh, so for a believer that's suffering, it can actually help us to be a better testimony for Christ. And... Okay, I want to I want to make sure I say that well because it I don't want you to think that if you are suffering that you weren't a good testimony for Christ. But just think about it this way. If you're going through something, whatever it is, whether it could be actual persecution or just hardships, and you're still faithful to the Lord. You haven't given up. You're still walking with him. That one speaks to other Christians. That serving God isn't only for the good stuff. Serving the Lord because he's worthy, not just to get things, which actually I believe was um, one of the accusations Satan made against Job to the Lord. You know, he's basically only serving you for the good. Let bad things happen, and I'm paraphrasing here, and he won't, he'll reject you, kind of. So it it, it could be an encouragement to other Christians Uh that maybe in their weakness can see that testimony and they'll keep following the Lord. And it also speaks to a world that does not know the Lord that God is still worthy to be followed. One, when bad things happen. And two, it also shows that Christians are not exempt. Because I think some people do have this idea, if you believe in God, like non-believers will have this idea, well, I believe in God, why did this happen to me? Right, and it's the same thing for Christians who have this. Oh, I have the right profession of faith or confession. Why did that happen to me? Have you read uh, "In the Shadow of the Almighty" by Elizabeth Elliot? It's the book she wrote. Um, 
several years after her husband Jim, Jim Elliot, was murdered in a mission trip. I've read a lot of books, and I've read a lot of books by Elizabeth Elliot. I'm not 100% sure if I read that book. Okay. It's an incredible book, and everyone at home should watch, uh, should definitely read it. Um, but her testimony is just that. It is one of the most well-known, I think, acts of like modern martyrdom, I guess. And, you know, these husbands and, and just went, husbands and fathers went and, and were murdered um, while sharing the gospel. And yet their wives stayed and kept sharing the gospel. And because of that, there is a strong Christian testimony on that island where they where they got murdered. The people who murdered her husband came to Christ and she calls brother and sister. If that's not encouraging that even people who hurt you in areas that you would never like think you'd be willing to give that up, I guess for the, the cause of Christ, then I don't know what is. Yeah. Good point. Well, so this doesn't really have anything to do with what we're talking about. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) um, so I wasn't thinking of specifically like the Christian testimony and all that, but I was thinking about it more in a preventative way. And you guys probably talked about this last time, but I wasn't here. So I kind of want to give my take on it. But, um, I find that in my life and in what I've seen in other people's lives, I guess people around me is that sometimes God knows that if we are on a high, we may not have a tendency to seek him. Um, and we won't necessarily go to him, but when there's hardship, struggle, persecution in our personal lives, well, it's like God is our only option and he's all that we have to turn to. And so we run to him. Right. And so I guess it kind of keeps us humble. And that's what I've seen, at least in my life, because that's how God keeps me grounded. And, um, yeah, so I find that my life has been, I guess it could be a testimony in a way, but a testimony of like how weak I am (laughs) to the point where God is like, I need you to stay humble and I need you to seek me. And so he puts these things in my life that turn me toward him. And so that's what I've noticed and it's been working. So I think that there can be joy and suffering when you realize that God is sovereign. Yeah, that's a very good point. I like that. It um, definitely will drive Christians and even non-Christians to him. And I mean, ultimately, God wants us to be in fellowship with him. And uh, if he sees that maybe we're being a little bit more uh, neglectful, he might uh, I'll turn up the heat a bit so that we'll return home, yeah. so to speak. Well, I think we might have brought this up last time, but bring it up again. yeah, yeah uh, in the book of Hosea, mm-hmm. there is a God promises mm-hmm. that he will um, torn, uh, yeah, or thorn up our path so that it becomes painful for us to mm-hmm. deviate mm-hmm. from it. 
And I think that's the kind of, that's probably a bit what you're saying where it's like, well, you know, I'm, my ego's inflating or my confidence, mm-hmm. which isn't always the same thing, mm-hmm. but it's like, oh, I'm, I'm now touching like the thorns. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this, this sucks. But God's like, well, it's just because you're not in the right lane, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, but it's good that God is behind it. He's like, no, no, I'm still, you're still there. You know, you can kick the goads all you want, but you're, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still there. Yeah, good points. Uh, another thing, we get to participate in the sufferings of Christ. And I don't think that's something that we really think about when we're going through something because it can be very easy just to be self-focused because we only see what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Not remembering the fact that Jesus himself suffered. So, the, you know, to those that say, well, if you had this confession, you know, this wouldn't have happened. How, how do you explain then what the Lord experienced? Being rejected by his people. Actually saying... To Pontius Pilate, we have, what, no king but Caesar? Imagine that the king of the universe comes down, the one that led them through the wilderness, through the Red Sea, is rejected by the leaders, so we have no king but Caesar. So this idea that, oh, no, 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 no one, you say it just right, Everything's going to be okay. Well, what do you do with the Lord? Well, you know, on the cross, we received, essentially, the covering of Christ. And so Christ on earth being perfect was uh, ridiculed, spat on, beaten, made fun of, uh, kicked around, falsely tried, and on the cross, he took our sin and allowed us to be free. And really, that exchange was made. And so now, we're in the world covered by the perfectness of Christ. Well, I, I think that spiritually, the world is aware of that. You know, when we say that God sees Christ when he looks at us, if we're covered in the blood, I think it's this, the world also sees Christ when they spiritually speaking and this idea that well how they treated christ they're going to treat us the exact same way because it's not different we're not different uh spiritually speaking because a non-believer could you know i have no problems with non-believers uh you know unless they cut me off in traffic i am pretty cool with them in general but yeah this idea that what the world hates is christ and Turns out we're covered by him, so. Yeah. Well, Jesus said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. That the servant is not greater than the master. So right there, Jesus himself, like you said, he, he was aware of this when he walked the earth that he was hated. Mm-hmm. We need to be aware of this as Christians that we're going to be hated too. Now, of course, 
when you say something like that, there's always you're always going to hear people, but the buts come in. Uh, th- that is not an excuse to be a jerk. That's not an excuse to be rude and to be unkind to people. Oh, they hate me because they hated Jesus. No, they might hate you because you're a very unkind person. Okay, and the fact that we are fallen humanity, even as Christians, there's still going to be some character foibles that are going to drive people up the wall. Now, having said that, it's still just being a Christian and being all you can be for the Lord, people are still not going to like that. Mm -hmm. They don't like the truth. It was very clear in John chapter 1 of what the world thinks of the truth. So let's not be surprised that even if we're not being attacked physically or even put in jail or having our churches burnt down for those that live in countries where that's not happening, that still does not mean that on some level people will not like us. Just on that, there's going to be people, whether it's coworkers, neighbors, uh, even some family, that will not like you for the simple reason that you are a child of God. And when that's the case, you are in the same boat as the Lord Jesus Christ. A few years ago, I had... I was listening to this sermon online. I can't remember who it was by, but uh, the pastor said something along the lines that before you were saved, you you were a non-issue for Satan. Yeah. Satan had no reason to go after you. You were heading the same place. Is that Jimmy? I don't think. Well, he might have said it. I'm pretty sure the guy I was listening to did not invent that. But the idea that you were an, we were non-issues. You're going at the same place the devil's going. Like, there's no reason for any energy to be spent on you before you're uh, you're saved. But then when you are saved, a massive target is drawn on your back. And so we 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 know. But we that's why we need to follow God and to to be with him at all times. Amen. So I have much to say on this topic <laughs> because I mean I have experienced, I guess, very, very, very small level persecutions in my life. And um, I kind of want to share about that because um, I think when you're a Christian and you stand up for your faith, it's bound to happen. But if you're someone who's not very open about their faith or who doesn't tell people that they're a Christian, who isn't vocal about it, it's very unlikely that it'll happen to you. So it usually happens to people who don't give a crap about what people think, right? And so um, when I was in high school, I had this teacher. She had a really good intention, but um, she did not do things in the way that she should have. And this was in science class, and she wanted to have a... Uh, evolution versus creation debate and the way that she did it was well everyone that believes in creation goes on this side and the way and everyone that believes in evolution goes on this side guess who's on the creation side me were you the only one i was the only one of course this is an atheist province that might have been a bandwagon effect though there might have been some people in that class that might have at least probably some level agree with you. I, I totally agree yeah. with that. I totally agree That's with that. That's kind of crazy. But it's crazy to think that someone would think to do that. 
you know? And so sadly, um, I was there 12 years old and I had to stand up for myself. I had to stand up for my faith and everyone in the class was against me. Um, not necessarily as a person, but against my beliefs, but then they projected that onto me as a person too. And they didn't like me very much afterwards because of what I believed. And so that was really, really difficult. And, um, I just, in that moment, I was like, what is wrong with this teacher? Like, how could she allow this to happen? And that wasn't the first time that happened. Like it happened a few times after that, but I was like, seriously? Anyway, so that's like one instance where it happened. And then, um, when I shared my faith with like a few family members and I basically shared the gospel with them and confronted them for, for their unbelief, well, they turned on me. And so I just thought that it was like worthy to mention that if you care enough about your faith, if you care enough about sharing the gospel, don't think that you won't have any consequences, I guess. There's going to be um, heat. There's going to be people who are going to come after you. And it won't necessarily be pretty, but you have to count the cost and you have to know what you signed up for. And so luckily, like I knew what I signed up for and I was able to take it. But I mean, it's never easy, especially when it's your family members like that is harder to me than people who go to my high school who are not my friends, you know? Yeah. And I can just see people saying, oh, you had people that didn't like what, you know, rejected you family for sharing the gospel. It's it's not what you said. It's how you said it. And I've had that said to me, and I'm sure some of you listening to this, it's said to you, or maybe you've said it as well to others. And, okay, I, I understand that, and maybe there's some truth to that, if, especially if you're, you're being a jerk and you're really being unkind and you're being rude, then I can see, like, just because you go and warn people that there's hell and they need to flee from it, you can still say that in a pretty rude way, way and come across as if you're almost, like, glad that they're going to hell. And, of course, that is inappropriate. But listen to this very carefully because some people will use that to basically mean don't tell people uncomfortable things. And if that is how you think, then you would basically say that to Jesus because Jesus said uncomfortable things. And I know you might say that's not true. Well, it is. Whether you realize it or not, Jesus said things that were very uncomfortable. And if you're sharing the gospel with people, no matter how kind you are, how gentle you are, maybe you brought them out for supper, you brought them out for coffee, you sat them down, you had the temperature in the room just right, fans blowing everywhere, you gave them a gift, you buttered them up, still still telling people that they're lost and they need a savior is going to upset people. Maybe some people will just be like, okay, I don't agree with you, move on. Some people, no matter what you say, they're going to be upset. And that is important to remember. Don't feel that you need to water down something to try to win people over. Jesus never did that, and yet he was a friend of sinners. Friend of sinners does not mean that Jesus compromised and went and partied it up with people and, and, and got wasted and participated in all they did. That's not what he did. He was friends of sinners and told them the truth. 
And in telling them the truth, he was still loving and kind and was healing them and, and was with them, which for that culture was totally foreign to them because religious leaders didn't want anything to do with them. And when you read, even uh, when he would go into people's homes, I mean, he just going in the home of a tax collector was, uh-uh, no. He, he did that. Or when, I forget who it was, but took uh, the, the ointment and was pouring on his feet uh, and was weeping. And was it Mary? This is, I know there's quite a few Marys. And what was the reaction? Even from the disciples, the disciples were like, what is this? And yet, but Jesus doesn't, in those cases where you see these things happening, hide the fact that these individuals are sinners. But yet is very kind towards them. So you can still say things that will upset people while being kind and gentle and generous. Don't separate the two. I think that's the thing. A lot of Christians think they need to separate the two. I can't be kind to someone if I'm going to tell them they're going to hell. Yeah, you can. <laughs> you don't need to be a jerk to some. Being a, telling someone that they're lost does not take away you being kind to them. I didn't have anything to say. I just oh. wanted to tell you what time. Oh, it was that. <laughs> I always need to be reminded the time because I get lost. Okay. Uh, another another point. God also uses it to help us become more like Christ. And so this kind of can be similar with the participating in the suffering of Christ, but the Lord does use persecution uh, to really mold us into his image. And there's a verse, and I think it's in Peter, I don't remember if it's in 1st or 2nd Peter, where I think it talks about kind of like when we're going through at the storm, but it's like um, a fire that's burning. Like, I don't know if it was silver and it talks about like the impurities coming out. And I like that picture because when we go through things, the Lord uses it to make us more in his image. So just like with silver or I, I, I guess gold, I, I'm not sure how that whole process works. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. But when they're trying to get the impurities out, they turn the heat up and then the impurities rise and then they'll scoop them out. And they'll, they'll do that many times to get to the place where when it's all said and done, the person doing that is able to see his reflection in the gold. And I believe that is a good picture for us to take that when the Lord allows us to go through things. And like we talked about, it brings us closer to the Lord. Uh you know, so a lot of times when we go through storms, our first thought is, I must have sinned. And maybe you do in your mind, you're like, you know what? I was acting pretty bad on something. Then you go and repent about it. Whether that's necessarily why you went through the storm or not, that's between you and the Lord. But, hey, if, if you're going through something and you're repenting, well, that's good. That's good. So, And what does repentance do? makes you realize I am a sinner. I have done something wrong and I want to turn from it and turning from it. You're turning from sin to Christ. So the Lord gets us to the place where then he can see his reflection in us. And that is a lifelong process that doesn't happen overnight. So if you're going through something, 
It doesn't mean once it's done, that's it. That's it. You're good to go for the rest of your life. No more suffering. That's not true. And I know that might be hard to hear. And that's, by the way, that's not the only way that the Lord uses to make us into his image. So don't think that's it. You only go through persecution uh, for that reason. But that's definitely one of the reasons. I don't know if you guys remember, there was a sketch by the skit guys that was really popular a few years ago. And by few, I'm probably thinking like 10 years at this point, but about God's chisel where God is chiseling away the things that don't belong in our lives. And the idea that, well, chiseling takes pieces from the wood, right? And as you're being kind of shaped and there is pain associated to it because I think, you know, when you're talking about how suffering isn't necessarily the only way in which we grow in Christ. And I agree with you, but I also think that we're in a negative world in a world that has fallen. And I'm going to use the word toxic in the sense that we're in it. And so it's, you know, corrupting us. Um, it gives, there's a lot more for, there's a lot of work for Christ to do in our lives, uh, of, of changing and molding and removing. And that whole process is difficult because we like that comfort. Um, if you sleep on a stone for like 20 years and then suddenly I give you just a normal pillow, it's going to feel uncomfortable at first because you're not used to it. It's new. But then realistically, it's better for you. You know, like people who start eating vegetables in like their 30s. You know, like, I really think this is gross. Like all those shows where people just eat McNuggets. Well, there's, it's like, no, you need your vegetables too. This is good for you. You don't need to fry them. They're just good. But it's uncomfortable. But I think it's a blessing that nowhere in the Bible are we led to believe that comfort is a promise of God. Nowhere. There's a bunch of promises, but comfort is not one. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, so just on what I said about Peter, because I'm trying to look at the verse, and I kind of recall a message I gave years ago where I talked about suffering. And so I'm thinking that the fiery thing, I, I don't know. I, I want to make sure it's in there. I don't know if it's in there, but I might have used that as an example in the suffering. So I know First Peter definitely talks about suffering, but I don't know if it uses the fire example. So that might not be in the verse, but that example still applies. It's elsewhere in the Bible. Or it could be elsewhere. I, I want to find it. I, I don't like just quoting something and then I'm like, you know this, and then it's not there. <laughs> and the people go look for it. They're like, what is that man talking about? Yeah, it's those passages that talk about purifying fire. Yeah, I really want to find that. Anyway, I think we're going to land the fancy file plane for this episode. Uh, I know this can be heavy, but I do believe that there's a lot of truth in what we're saying. Hopefully it can be a source of encouragement for you. I know it's weird saying that, but I, I think only Christians can honestly look and say, man, there's a blessing in suffering. And it's easy to say that when everything is easy or, or better. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say that when you're going through the storm. That's true. But when you get through the storm and the Lord brings you through, you are a better and godlier Christian because of Amen. It. You don't go through something. It's not purposeless. It doesn't have a, there's always a reason the Lord will turn it for good.
good. Mm-hmm. So for the Fancy File podcast today, I was and am your host, Greg DeScott. I just quit being the host halfway through. And I have with me Mr. Mick. Thanks for having me. And Melanie. Amen. God bless and take care. <laughs>